We have a very exciting panel discussion on urban air mobility coming up next. Our stellar lineup of panel will be discussing on how can we further drive UAM towards being technologically feasible, commercially viable, and socially acceptable. Joining us at this much anticipated panel are speakers from Ascend, Skyport, Volocopter, and this panel will be moderated by Asian Sky Group. Please do share the most burning questions in your mind in the live discussion area, and our panel of speakers will get on to answering your questions during this discussion. Without further ado, Jeffrey, the session is yours. Uh, thanks, Elaine. Uh, welcome. Uh, I'm Jeff Lowe. I'm Chief Executive Officer of Asian Sky Group, Asian Sky Media here in Hong Kong, uh, serving as, as panel introduced. We have what I would call three excellent, excellent panelists that can probably deliver the, the kind of insight and guidance or vision that you would expect uh, given their respective companies and their experience that they have in this field. Uh, before I get to them introducing themselves and their companies and what that company does for the sake of those that don't know the three, uh, probably right off the bat, I can tell you from the discussions that I've had with them over the last uh, two or three days, they all take probably issue with the title itself, Propelling Urban Air Mobility Towards. It uh, gives a connotation of something far off in the distance. Uh, it gives the connotation of something that is in a city center, all kinds of connotations, and probably all of them will go, well, that's not quite how I see it. And also, certainly for those that are listening to the panel, these guys aren't off in the future. They're doing it today. And certainly I hope that they will take the time when I ask them to introduce themselves to let you know, well, we'll get to it, where they'll talk about what they're doing today as far as air mobility. And that doesn't include EV tolls, that also includes drones and other aspects of this industry. So very, very important that we include all of that context on here. So if I may, and I'm gonna pick on you first, Lionel, uh, please introduce yourself, uh, sir, the company, and, and exactly what it is that you do. Where is your space? Where are you in, in, in this uh, ecosystem that we call air mobility? Sure. Uh, thanks. Thank you, um, Elaine. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, great being here. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, so I'm Lionel. I'm the founder and CEO of Ascend. Ascend is powering mobility since uh, 2018. Um, so basically, Ascend is an air mobility operating system um, that has an um, uh, a booking platform on one side, but in the background we have um, a technology that enables us to, to create such kind of operation and to run such operations and manage the fleet of aircraft that we're flying today. So since 2018 we have been um, doing air mobility using helicopters and seaplanes and planes progressively, and that's um, being very focused on integrating and welcoming as soon as um, available, autonomous drones as well as uh, EV tolls and other uh, technology like uh, uh, e-planes as well. So to do that, we have um, entrenched and we are running ecosystems across the region. So that includes uh, the Philippines, we're flying as well as in Singapore, we are flying in Thailand and also working on opening a few other countries in this region. 
So, um, and in don't, don't spill all the beans now, okay? Don't tell them everything, okay? We'll get to that, okay? <laughs> That's basically what we're doing, and we're excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, I mean, we'll, we'll certainly get down to it uh, in, in a minute after we make the introductions, because I think it's important, again, uh, for everyone to understand what all three of you are doing today. Uh, as we all know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of hype in this industry to a certain extent, and a lot of people's, their opinions of uh, urban mobility uh, are based on a lot of CJI, as you would say, Lionel. And so, but again, you three guys, as I, as I always say, are sort of down to earth in that you're doing it now. So Han, if likewise, you can introduce uh, yourself and Volocopter. Sure, thank you. Thank you, Jeff, um, and thank you, Elaine. Thank you for, for uh, having me. Thank you for the opportunity um, to present Volocopter um, to you today. Um, my name is Han. I'm the uh, head of Singapore and business development for Southeast Asia for Volocopter. Um, in a nutshell, we are a German air taxi company. We were actually founded uh, 10 years ago. This is our 10th year in, in operation, um, headquartered in a small little town called Bruxelles. And uh, we see ourselves as pioneers um, in the UAM industry um, at the forefront of establishing um, the whole UAM ecosystem. Um, without going into details, you know, I think we, uh, and, and Jeff, let me know if I should continue or if you want me to come back. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I don't think the website uses Pioneer anymore, isn't it? Isn't it a different, I mean, you've been at it 10 years, maybe you, you would have had the distinction before of calling yourselves a pioneer, but uh, you're, you're an, into a different phase, I think, of where Volocopter is today, and we want to hit on that, so uh, we'll certainly come back to that if it's okay. Sure, sounds good, and then, then okay. I will, I will hold off for now. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Um, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Sanjay. Um, I lead uh, Skyport's deliveries business in Asia-Pacific. Um, so we've, we've been around since 2017 and our main aim is to unlock the potential of the sky for urban air mobility, both for moving passengers as well as cargo. Uh, so we have two ways of doing this and one aspect of the business is to provide the infrastructure for the emerging urban air mobility industry. So you think of airports for commercial airliners, we are basically the airports for air taxis and uh, cargo drones. Um, we're vehicle agnostic, and our business model there is in site acquisition, design and build and operations of these verticals. The other approach is in enabling these cargo deliveries uh, in complex operating environments, and we're doing so with drones. Uh, it is an incremental approach, and we'll go into that in detail, uh, um, Jeff, I'm sure. Uh, but we're starting with smaller drones, and we're scaling up the business such that we're able to operate uh, the heavy lift cargo drones as and when they're ready uh, with the necessary certifications. We're based out of London. We have offices in Singapore to cover the Asia Pacific region, as well as uh, offices in both the East and West Coast of uh, the Americas. Back to you, Jeff. Okay. And so again, I've just, I just got two questions to kind of lead off before we get into, uh, into more details of what you guys are up to today and, and what you see coming down the next down the path, if you will, the next 12, 24 months. And again, I, I want to focus on that too, because again, you guys for me are, are leading the path. So it's not something fanciful five years away from now. You guys are, have got this, you know, if you will, business plans to execute over the next 12 months and 24 months. Okay. Hard, real targets and so on and so forth. And I think it's important 
that we get that message across. But having had the conversations that I did with you over the last two uh, last couple of days, going backwards, then Sanjay, what does urban arable mobility mean to you? Yeah, so this is a term that's that's been used um, quite widely, right? And and, well, so and, the, and and that's the issue. Okay, it's, that's right. it's been it's been thrown around and thrown around. Everything is suddenly UAM. Yeah, and it's just it's it's not quite that exactly. <laughs> so so yeah, so the traditional term is looking at the movement of passengers, right? So where I see it is urban air mobility is essentially unlocking a layer of the skies for the movement of both passengers and cargo. You are, you're basically um, not say revolutionizing traditional transport means, but you're giving a new uh, medium to that. So what we're doing in Skyports is providing that link between the ground and the sky. So bringing up a launch, right? Um, I feel that autonomous air transport of cargo, it promises to be equally important together with the passengers, which is what we're looking at in the, in the, in the mid to near term uh, to, to longer term. Uh, and here I'm not talking about, you know, your sub 25 kg multi-rotor drones uh, that we're, you know, today we're using, but I'm looking at the larger drones, anything between 100 kilograms to 1.2 to 1.7 ton aircraft uh, with a variety of, you know, fixed wing with multi-rotors, all of them coming together to carry packages of different weights and sizes, leading from five kilograms, uh, which you have in the right now, all the way up to 300 kilograms. Uh, I think all of that, together with the passenger uh, mobility, all of that constitutes under urban air mobility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lionel, for you, and I'm sure you've seen the question that was just posted, and I'm, I am, I'm just waiting for you to get your sink your teeth into that one too. Okay, because <laughs> again, the thing that certainly uh, I know you have been one of the flag wavers for is democratization of air travel, and so. Uh, when it comes to are you aiming to offer service only for luxury passengers, that is that is far from uh, what the target or what the ideal is for air mobility. And I'm using, as you call it, Lionel, air mobility. So for you, what does air, urban air mobility mean for you? Air mobility for me is a, is a limitation of the potential uh, that we are working on together. Um, for unlocking the sky, as Sanjay is saying. So what we are, what what we are really looking at is mobility as a whole, meaning like urban and regional connecting cities, connecting people to cities and between cities. Not only people, so so cargo, but also looking at the use case of medical, which is very critical uh, in more and more congested uh, areas and urban areas. So when you look at the three use cases, passengers, uh, medical, and cargo. You can't consider only that within an urban um, environment. And um, that means that, uh, and also because there's a lot of work to be done within the cities and also to, um, to tie that up with the acceptance of a public, uh, to have that at scale within an urban environment. So for sure, um, and what we are seeing today already is that the use of such kind of assets is really much to go from the city to another city or to another remote location to enable connectivity. And that means that we're looking at air mobility, urban, regional, and so on. Use it, and the way we're so also seeing it is you won't have, um, we don't see a substitution from conventional technologies to advanced technologies, but a coexistence of helicopters, planes, drones and autonomous drones, and e-vitals. 
that's what we mean by that. So for sure, we're not looking only as well to answer your uh, other point on luxury passengers, luxury travel. The good thing with luxury travel today, it gives us a very good benchmark of what customer experience should be. And if we manage to do that for them, it's like you do for military for all the kind of, of uh, products, then you can really do that at, at scale and democratizing it. So that's why we, we also like to address that. When we look at the second question related to the multimodality of, of transport, this is a, a very good point, and this is absolutely critical to make that work because when you look at air mobility, you're not looking only at the flight, but at the customer journey from door to door, within, within which uh, the verticals are, are a very important point, and, um, but also the ground uh, as well. So it's connecting the land plus the sky, and in the sky, we are already working today on use cases when you have a combination of helicopters and planes for the same journey. So that's gonna happen. Yeah. Well. I know, good questions from uh, Claudia, and, I, and, and as you say, question two is if there is a, I think everyone is looking at it from a door to door, and how do, uh, how do you manage that whole experience for the passenger? And as I sort of said at the top, you know, to, to a certain extent, and I, I'm, very much generalizing it, what each one of you do, okay? But there's a digital side and live over this platform. There's an infrastructure side, Sanjay, and then there's a, an equipment, a, if you will, a hardware side, and that certainly is Han. So coming over to you, Han, in the last time. So for you, urban air mobility uh, originally may have been something, but more recently may have been maybe expanded further now that you have your Volo Connect as well. Sure. Um, let me uh, let me answer that by just introducing Volocopter a little bit more right. first. Um, sure. I think we are, you know, we at our core is is of course an air taxi company. We design, manufacture, right, certify uh, aircrafts. We have a family of eVTOL aircrafts um, that are designed specifically for various missions, right? Um, but they do have some common qualities between them. I think one is, of course, very stable flight, right, with the highest safety. Um, we aim to have, uh, and we will have, low and more agreeable right, sound signatures uh, compared to helicopters. And our uh, mission has always been to have zero emissions um, in flight. Right? So those are the key characteristics that I like to point out about all of our aircrafts. Um, they offer, I think, for different purposes, as we discussed, right? So the, uh, you mentioned the Volo Connect, right? Um, that's, our, uh, that's one of our two air taxis for short and long urban routes, right? So I want to emphasize that it's still meant for urban uh, uh, travel. Um, we have a heavy lift drone, the Volo drone, right? That will help us also travel in urban areas and also in tough terrains. Um, and lastly, we have uh, the physical and digital infrastructure to support these operations, the Volo port and the Volo IQ. So these are, I think, all of the components that we see are needed uh, with you know, partnerships uh, like the ones that we have with Skyports, right, to be able to then bring the whole ecosystem uh, to life. Um, now, coming to what UAM means, I think we take a much uh, more, you know, customer-oriented uh, view when it comes to answering this question. So what we think of is convenience, we think of time savings, we think of safe, right, we think, think of uh, less uh, pollution, right, these are we, what we believe to be uh, the key terms uh, that a customer cares about when they, uh, you know, are considering uh, to, to step on board uh, our vehicle. Um, we also see it, as Sanjay said, as a new mode and new option 
for transportation. Um, so it's not a replacement uh, for- Complementary. Uh, yes, it's meant to complement yep. right, existing uh, transportation means. Um, and I think uh, for the industry, for the aviation industry as a, as, a, as a whole, it's really meant to, and this is uh, the keyword that the Lino pointed out as well, which is scale, right? Uh, a, a different scale of uh, number of aircrafts, number of flights, number of operations, uh, utilization, right, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for uh, the aviation industry. Um, and to answer, you know, to, to answer a bit on the questions, right? I, I, we, I, you know, we really believe scale is the key to uh, uh, to offer the service in such a way that it's not just for the luxury passengers, right? That's ultimately, and we have, as you said, business plans drawn up. Um, it's not, you know, there's no, there's no magic here, right? It's, it's really about, uh, you know, spreading out the fixed costs, which there's a lot of, right? Over a larger base of customers, uh, over a larger number of flights, over a larger number of uh, 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 aircrafts. Flight, flight hours. <laughs> exactly, right. To allow us to then drive down, uh, you know, the costs, right? Uh, so that it's no longer the luxury passengers um, that need, uh, 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 that, that's able to afford our services. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very, thank you very much on that. Uh, that certainly gives a little bit more of a, a scope for everyone that's listening in. Uh, again, what I'm going to ask you to sort of look at now is, uh, for me, I had the, if you will, the distinction to do this same pass panel 12 months ago. And for me, uh, it's great to have the, the three of you back, uh, the three companies back, because I think there have been significant developments and events that have occurred for all of you over the last 12 months that uh, certainly have moved you from one one place and a big step to another. And I think if you can uh, give some sort of idea of what has happened over the last 12 months, if you will, an update on where you are today, but also if you can maybe give us some idea of, uh, for me, from all the announcements, uh, the releases that you've been able to see and so on, there are some, some significant events that are due to take place looking forward, not really very far for you guys. And that again, gets back to my, my uh, sort of statement at the beginning that you guys, for me, are at the forefront of actually trying to make this air mobility, urban air mobility, urban middle mile drone, uh, EV tolls, making it work. And so if you can just give me some context of what's happened over the last 12 months, in a nutshell, because I think there are some great things that highlight exactly what we want to highlight. And then also maybe a little bit of a snapshot of what you see coming up for yourselves in the company over the next 12 months or however long we want to, we want to push it out. Because again, when I was talking to you guys, it's, it's not, again, propelling and it's not towards. You guys are talking about ramping up and you're talking about commercialization. How do I get there? And so on. And so you're in a really different space and I want to get that across to everyone that's listening in. So again, maybe if I, I'll go backwards, uh, Sanjay, you've kind of touched on a few, but maybe you can talk about a few of the projects that have happened over the last 12 months and, and what you've got coming down the pipe sort of for the next 12 months, 24 months. Sure. Yeah. So uh, let me start with Asia Pacific first. So in Asia Pacific, we are growing with, we're, we're definitely growing the, the, uh, the operations, the, the work that's done. We've signed partnerships uh, to develop this further in South Korea and Japan. Uh, and also uh, together with Volocopter, uh, we're also looking at Malaysia. 
Um, outside of the region, we do have uh, a lot of development that is going on uh, beyond the partnerships. The two projects I can publicly share is that firstly in Sergi Pontois in France, uh, we're building a test facility uh, where uh, test vertiport to, to test out operational requirements. Development for that has started and we're working towards the test vertiport being ready in the first half of 2022. Uh, and in the UK, we're working with different, different agencies on the CONOPS for London. Uh, this is, of course, led by EVE in, in partnership with Heathrow Airport, London City Airport, NATS, and of course, the, the UK Civil Aviation Authority. Um, and this is on the infrastructure side. On the drone side, we're already doing it. So over the course of this early part of this year, uh, we've in, in Scotland, we had, and, and as we talked about, medical supplies for car, uh, medical supply delivery. Uh, we did about three months worth of flights, about 400 flights, clocking over 14,000 kilometers uh, um, to, to conduct beyond visual line of sight flights, delivering uh, COVID test samples, pathology samples between hospitals. Um, so we've already started doing that and we're doing exactly what we, talk, we just talked about earlier, both Lionel and, and, and Hon, which is, you know, providing that end-to-end -end solution for our customers. Um, we're continuing to grow this in Asia Pacific as well, uh, with a lot of work going on where we've started out also in South Korea, uh, potentially projects coming out there. Uh, and in Singapore, in the next six months, we are going to be rolling out some stuff. Uh, I will save that announcement for later once we actually get that uh, on the ball and going. Yeah, I realize there's some things you can say and some things you can't say. That's right. Uh, and just touching uh, again, I, I, I forgot to go back to one of the other questions I had. So uh, for you, uh, obviously, what does what's the role of the drone? As I kind of put it in the questions that I sent to you, what's the yeah. role of the drone? Because I think it's something that doesn't get a lot of flash in the pan if you're sorry, not flashing doesn't right. get a lot of, of visibility and maybe that's a good thing but at the same time i think we've all agreed uh, all, all four of us that actually drones are, are, are a critical element of this whole process so with the drones when we started out what we looked at it is okay we went into the drones to actually value it for the infrastructure business to understand how the operations would work to understand how regulators would be comfortable with having an additional platform type. The drone is a separate platform type to come into this airspace, right? The low level airspace that we're looking at. We wanted to work through all of this. And of course, with that, we know that the vehicle manufacturers for drones are working towards the larger, heavier carriers. So from a commercial viability, there's a massive market there for us to complement traditional ways of moving cargo. We can get, it, uh, get the deliveries done faster uh, and essentially more efficiently with drones. Um, so there's two parts to it, right? One is we're already enabling a new paradigm by uh, having autonomous uh, air transport for cargo. Um, apart from the traditional airliners or cargo that carry between countries, we're looking at, you know, between cities uh, in hard to reach areas, especially like rural mountainous regions or even in the maritime space. Um, with that, we're also learning about how vertiport development will look like because as the cargo drones get larger, they do need the infrastructure necessary for this. So if you look at it, it's, a, it's an incremental timeline, right? So we don't have to wait till passenger uh, EV tolls are ready. We're already starting the process. So we have all that 
that planning, that, that thought process already working through right now. And we're doing this in parallel together with the test uh, development of test by report. Yeah, and the questions that I sent you, the, the term I used was that really drones are paving the way. That's right. So, and that and that is regulatory safety, yeah, all the issues. So, so societal yeah, acceptance thanks. as well. Uh, so, Han, again, uh, it, from your standpoint, uh, I guess critical thing, uh, well, not critical, uh, those uh, milestones that occurred for for Volocopter maybe over the last twelve months to get get some scope, and then of course, I mean, what you can talk about, of course, and then looking forward because you've got some significant events coming up as well certainly here in the Asia Pacific region coming up in the next short period of time. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey. Um, so, you know, I think we, I, I categorize them probably two different ways. One is more on, uh, I would say, completing the ecosystem, right? So uh, in July, um, we uh, made two major announcements. One is uh, signing a partnership with CAE right, on to train air taxi pilots. Um, the other one is um, securing a production organization approval through an acquisition of our long-term yep. partner, DG. Yep. Yep. Um, I think you see, uh, you know, uh, both of, I, I, we see both of those as, uh, you know, completing uh, the ecosystem. Um, previously, we've also announced a partnership with uh, Lufthansa Industries to, to develop Volo IQ just the software that's going to help, uh, you know, power the whole UAM, UAM ecosystem. So I think I would say, you know, a year ago, our focus uh, was uh, primarily on the aircraft. We're continuing that, right? Certainly there's no uh, loss, you know, of uh, understanding of what our number one priority is, right? Which is getting uh, the aircraft uh, type certified. Um, but we're now completing out the rest of the ecosystem. Um, and that's what I would say is, is a shift from, uh, a year ago, um, from a geographic uh, geographical pers uh, you know perspective, we continue to expand uh, you know the the flight trials that we do. Um, so in June we flew in Paris, in July we flew in the U.S. Um, for the first time in, in Oshkosh. Right? Big event. Um, Big event. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I was there, uh, yeah. sitting here in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Okay. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I think we, we continue to, uh, you know, make uh, progress right, in, in geographies uh, all across uh, the world. Um, I think the, uh, you know, the, the partnership, uh, the MOU uh, that we signed with Malaysian airports and skyports, right, that Sanjay mentioned yep. is another example of both the ecosystem and the geographical uh, expansion. Um, and, uh, you know, we, <clears throat> last but not least, we also, you know, uh, participated in the Shanghai Auto Show with our uh, partner in China, uh, Geely, right, um, by showing off the 2X there, um, which is no uh, easy challenge, uh, no, no, not, not an easy feat to do, uh, given the logistical uh, challenges of COVID. Um, Moving forward a bit, I think, uh, again, you know, um, we, we don't pre-announce things, right? Um, but I think, you know, besides, of course, continuing to work with EASA to certify the aircraft, right? Um, and, uh, you know, preparing for that commercial launch in the next two to three years. Um, we announced recently that we're exhibiting the Volo drone at ITS Hamburg, right? which I think is an event that we can all look forward to. Um, I think the, uh, you know, you'll see more uh, partnerships, you know, with both public and private entities uh, in here, specifically in the Asia Pacific region, but also uh, in the world. Right? And certainly uh, the flight trials uh, will continue 
um, and and I can uh, you know hint uh, you know that we will continue more to do more of that in this uh, in the Asia Pacific region as well. Now, how how do we see the drone, uh, yep. you know, playing a role in this? We of course have right a product, a heavy lift drone, the Volo yep. drone. And um, some and some good announcements recently there as well. Absolutely right. Uh, our partnership with with DB Shankar there, um, <clears throat> you know, it is uh, by itself a commercial, it is a big commercial opportunity, right? There's no uh, question about that. Um, but as, you know, Sanjay alluded to, it is also a, uh, and, and as you, you, to use your words, right, paving the way um, for UAM. Um, it's a big drone, the Volo drone, is, it's a big drone. It's the same yep. uh, uh, width and length, right? And same similar propulsion mechanism as our air taxi. So. To see the Volodrome fly, we believe, right, uh, give, uh, first of all, recognition for the Volocopter brand as a whole, but also mm -hmm. then a way for uh, regulators and the public, right, to feel more comfortable, to become more comfortable with the idea of a 18 propeller multi-copter uh, EV tall, right, flying in close proximity uh, to uh, urban environments. Um, it, it's a part, so that's why it's a very key part. The Volodrome is yep. a very key part of our uh, aircraft family, and we expect to uh, we expect great things to come for that in the next coming year. Yeah, I mean it's uh, I mean that's how I see it as well. Uh, you know, the, the more I guess familiar or happy, if you want, people can get with uh, drones uh, and living with them, if you will, uh, that just makes everyone's ideas for urban urban availability further down the road more more achievable in my mind. I mean, also, I would assume, hopefully, uh, as far as commercializing the drone service, uh, it's obviously going to happen before the passenger one. And so also, it's, uh, it is a, hopefully a revenue generator before anything else. So it will help also from a, from a financial standpoint, uh, making sure survivability is, is maybe closer in than, than it is further out. So like I said, very, very important part of the business. So, uh, Lionel, maybe I, I saved the best to the last, but uh, you've been a busy man, very busy man. And so if you can kind of give us some idea of what's been up with uh, Ascent for the last 12 months and uh, what you want to tell us about what's what's planned coming up. Sure. Uh, so the past 12 months, um, what we've seen first of all is um, a, a great uh, surge of interest for the industry and um, for flights in general. That's also obviously related to, to the COVID. So helicopters have never flown uh, as much um, because people want to fly, want to move safer. And so helicopters and planes play a role. So basically, mobility per se plays a big role in that. Hence, um, what we've been doing is increasing the, our fleet, our park, our, our routes as well, our network of routes. And not only from one country, originally the Philippines, but across the region of Southeast Asia. And um, we've been integrating as well so helicopters as mentioned before as well as seaplanes and planes because they also play a very strong role in terms of mobility when you look at that from the perspective of different countries such as the philippines uh, indonesia and so on we've been uh, incrementing uh, the uh, adding new use cases of value such as uh, uh, such as cargo as well as medical which is uh, very important to, to us in terms of our contribution to the, to the society um, we have been uh, growing as well in terms of our 
entrenchments into the ecosystem uh, with further partnerships. So the la latest one announced was the one with, uh, with Eve, uh, which um, has different layers I can't share, but one of them obviously is a capacity deal where it, what we see very much in line with how the industry is growing and expected to grow across the region. And that includes Southeast Asia, but as well as Australia and Japan, for instance. And so based on that, uh, what's up next for us is very much um, opening new countries. We have already one country running, but we are waiting to, to announce another one coming soon, hopefully. And uh, working also on CONOPS project as well, uh, getting involved in, into this more. We are already involved in discussions in the region um, and contributing to that, but more for CONOPS because it's, it's um, absolutely key. We're incorporating now drones as well into the family and uh, contributing to sandboxes. So that uh, should be some, having some announcement in that very soon. Um, so yeah, that's basically what we're looking at. And that is, again, uh, building the path to commercialization. So we're very much focused on, on that commercialization of, uh, of EVTOs in, in the case. And that goes for us through very strong collaboration with the different stakeholders, um, through sandboxes, con ops projects, as well as uh, regulatory work. So that's the way we, we see it. Um, and that's not because we are planning things, it's because we are seeing that we need them every single day uh, to make that work. Uh, just yeah. to give you an idea, uh, in, in one country, just in one city, we need about 30 different partners, 30 different partners to just run the operation. So it, it's just um, an illusion to think that um, we can do that by ourselves and we need uh, all people, everybody to, to do that. You mean I can't just buy a EV tall and start running my taxi? Is that what you mean? It's <laughs> approximately, approximately. So we're just yeah. playing on the expertise of each and yeah. every one of us and to do our job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have got a couple of questions and I know Sanjay uh, can quickly touch on this from one from Aline and one from Barbara. Uh, it, it's a good question, certainly about uh, using existing logistics and so on and so forth when it comes to cargo drones. So quickly, Sanjay, if you can. So yeah, uh, um, Aline, uh, maybe let me just touch on your question. You asked if uh, drones, our service is similar to what DHL is doing with Alice. Um, I would actually put it as Alice is looking at an entirely different, uh, uh, um, if you put it in altitude, they're operating at a very different altitude compared to us. They're operating with uh, areas with, with, you know, traditional cargo uh, carriers, right, or air transport, which is taking packages, you know, at scale between countries for that matter. Um, where I'm looking at is between cities or within cities or within environments where we actually need to reach out to hard to reach locations. Take Asia Pacific, for example, you have countries which have many islands surrounding it. And if you need to reach these communities, you would have to wait for a ferry service, uh, a land transport as well as sea transport before you can get your goods there. You take a, a, a drone, depending on the size of your package, it gets it, gets it across faster. Uh, it's more efficient in that manner. That's where we, we are working on it. I would think it's not uh, a competition between uh, what DHL is doing with Alice, but more complementary, right? So we take the lower airspace for different use case. Uh, from regarding the question, uh, Jeff, that you mentioned about, uh, you know, traditional logistics, we're not looking at uh, building new cargo vertiports as is. It is more about, and it's, this is in line with what we're doing with uh, the EV tolls as well, where we're trying to, you know, make sure that it can sit in an environment that already exists. We value added. 
improve it further to be to to be fully uh, certified and, and and to facilitate in this case cargo deliveries right so with the drones you would go you would go through similar stuff like in terms of acceptance it needs to uh, noise profile acceptance for it for that matter uh, uh, societal acceptance as well as to meet the regulatory standards uh, to be operating anything you know for for your takeoff and landing okay thanks um I guess sort of as we're getting sort of to the uh, second half, I think we maybe should actually address the topic. <laughs> so maybe we should look at what those technical, technological challenges and uh, the commercial and social challenges are as well. So uh, I'm going to go round round the table now and get your guys your input on that. And I'll start maybe with Han. Uh, again, from from your standpoint, what are again what are the the technical challenges that you see for 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 Volocopter? Um, let's, let's start with that. Okay. And I know it's hard because as you just explained, you, you do so many different things. So. Sure. I think this one's actually pretty easy. Um, maybe, uh, easy relatively, you know, we, we really see that the technology, the technology has been proven. Right. Um, and it's a matter of, you know, we don't need to go into really deep tech research, um, right. yep. uh, you know, to come up with the new technology. Right. Um, it's a matter of getting it done. As, as you said, you have been doing this for 10 years. So it's a, a matter bit of, of a little bit of experience. Okay. Absolutely. Right. So it's, yeah. it's a matter of getting it done, uh, you know, yep. in time uh, with the right certification. Um, and so this is where I would, you know, pull, pull in my plug, which, you know, again, uh, our top priority remains safety. Right, we believe this is the underpin. Uh, this is, this underpins, you know, uh, all of the you know the commercial viability, uh, the social acceptance, uh, uh, the tech feasibility, um, and we believe in delivering, uh, you know, our service with the highest safety standards. Right, um, and uh, we believe this needs to be communicated effectively to the public, and that they need and there needs to be. Uh, but in your case, you're saying the technical challenges to deliver that absolute safety you, you, you think you you're saying you've ticked that box basically you're now on to just getting the regulatory authorities to certify it we believe uh, uh it's it's netflow the devil's yeah. always in the details it's never yeah. as yeah. as simple yeah, as it sounds sure. right but from from a uh, fundamental technology perspective right um yeah. uh, it's there yeah. now it's a matter of getting it done <laughs> if, it, if it was so easy, we would have, we would have even more uh, competitors than we do yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, I think that's, I you know, I would say, uh, you know, is, is our, again, when we, when we think about, uh, as you said, there's, there's so much uh, that's lumped into the term UAM. There's so much, uh, let's say, competition out there in various, uh, you know, corners of the world. Um, what do we hold to be true is, is we always come back to, to safety. Right. And you see that in our high redundancy design, right? With the 18 uh, uh, rotors, you see this, the certification standard that we're going for, you know, it's the, the highest level, right? It's not some mid tier or, or, or the bare minimums, right? And we are, you know, de designing uh, really uh, with that in mind. And uh, uh, the market uh, so far has responded well right, to, to that message. Uh, and we believe that to, we continue to believe that to be uh, our core uh, principles. Right. You kind of hinted a little bit earlier when we talked about uh, the path to commercialization, though. There is a there is a scale issue. So certainly achieving that quickly uh, is what also was going to help, if you will, as the title, as the panel says, 
commercial viability. So. Yes, yes, but it is, you know, I think uh, having been around for 10 years, I think we are in it for the long game, right? And we, we don't, we see, uh, you know, this as a, uh, uh, frankly, the fastest way uh, to, to get there. As I sort of said uh, earlier, uh, I call you guys down to earth, meaning that you're, you're grounded uh, in, in everything that you do. It's not a lot of hype, pragmatic in your approach. And as I would say, that bodes well for the long term. So for sure, for sure. Uh, so for, uh, well, if I can just, before I move on to the other two, uh, what about the social acceptance? Again, I think, as you said, that goes back to safety, 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 right? Yeah, and I think, you know, um, studies have been performed with, you know, there's uh, international studies that's been done, uh, right, by the likes of IASA. Um, you know, what is the primary reason? It's, it's really about reducing travel time, right? And, you know, there's, uh, I think, notes in there about who's more willing, right? So basically younger people who live in a large household, right, um, et cetera. So that's all public information. And I think I would say we've conducted our own studies, you know, all across the world. Um, and, uh, you know, we really, uh, we are, the findings that we have are consistent, right, with, uh, uh, with what's been published. Um, what we, again, hone in on is uh, always comes back to uh, safety. This is both for, you know, promoters of our service as well as uh, the detractors. Um, this is always the, the, the number one uh, reason, number one concern, and this continues to be, uh, you know, our, our focus. Okay. I'll do you last, Sanjay. So, uh, Lionel, uh, for for I guess your part of the ecosystem, as we call it, what are your anything keeping you up at night other than those thirty plus partners you had to sign up in your most recent venture to get it all to work? So, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of relationship building. Okay, oh, <laughs> I was referring to um, to one city when we need to operate there. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, so what keeps it at night is making sure that we can run the flights. Um, uh, smoothly and to do that uh, so basically our main challenge is always the same like generally the demand and we're getting a reliable supply and that fits the requirement of the customers uh, in a sustainable manner and orchestrating running the operation that's what we do and that is uh, the, um, the three main pillars of, of the activity that we need to make sure but from, but from your standpoint as you say you have a booking platform uh, that is pretty much done and it's, yeah, and it's, the, it's, it's the rest of it that you're working on. It's, like, uh, it's really what we're doing. So booking platform is one, uh, is one aspect of the platform. And the other one is aggregating and running, uh, the yeah. uh, managing the park um, yeah. that we need uh, to, to make that work and running the operation with the different partners. That's what the platform is about. Booking is only one part of it, but it's a key part of it. Um, the, and then regarding the, the realization of, of the, making that happen, I mean, like, uh, yes, some we've done some great advancements in terms, in terms of tech of the platform. I don't think everything is proven um, because we are not seeing those aircraft already in mission and in terrain. And flying in, in Europe or flying in the US, flying in Asia, it's, it's very different, very different. Sure. Uh, and with my, back, from, with my background in the helicopter industry, for instance, there is so many differences and so many things that I need to look at to make that work safely in those uh, mission that yes we've done some great investments in tech 
uh, and amazing. And uh, I'm really applauding the guys for their great work, but there's much to do and it's gonna be a step-by-step approach anyway. And after we make those machines, we need to, to service them and train the pilots and supply whatever needs to be supplied to for the work, for the fleet to be reliable uh, at scale. So, uh, so that are things that are very critical for the for the makers and uh, the other stakeholders of the of the ecosystem. And in addition to this, you're right, the social acceptance. So then there is path to that as well. Uh, social acceptance. There's only from today to to today the the very I would say the home market, the mother market of air mobility is, is Sao Paulo, when you have about 1,300 helicopters flying every single day over over your head, and people are used to that. Sure, and, and the operation is set for this. Uh, so that's uh, that is a great model to look at and, and to implement elsewhere. And, and that's not a zero to one game. I mean, like it takes it takes time uh, from social acceptance as well as just from the operation point of view. And for social acceptance, again, coming back to what Sanjay was saying, uh, the drones play from the helicopter activity and the planes activity play a big part of it. And then the drones activity plays a significant part of it because it's all electric aircraft and it's further scale and so on towards the EV tools and the implants. For, I mean, for a lot of the issues that we exist in urban centers at the moment using conventional helicopters, it, it's only going to be a, a paradigm shift, as Sanjay was saying, if you're going to move over to from a conventional helicopter to an evolve type vehicle. So, Again, that certainly with a lot of the social acceptability and everything else that's being driven by what's being done today. So, yeah. uh, Sanjay, uh, again, technical challenges you have at the moment, uh, how you look at uh, commercial viability and, uh, and the social aspects. So, thank, so I, I look at this from, from three parts, right? And, and this is taking a leaf from our infra infrastructure business. So we have three parts in the infrastructure side, site acquisition, designing and building it, and then after that, operating it. Even from the first phase of uh, acquiring the site, there is a lot that needs to go in to make sure, and I have to, to echo what Han says, the most important factor is we're enabling these operations to happen safely, right? So we need to look at suitably site, uh, uh, a suitable site, lo suitably located site has to have the size and the space to be able to, to manage these operations. And this is things that are, we're working through. And that's why, you know, we're very proud of, of that we're working towards that test bird port uh, over in, in France, because, you know, that is the next phase where we're actually going to have uh, the ability to test out uh, once that, that is built, how the operations would, would sit, how would it feel. Um, in, 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 together with all of this, while this is in, uh, working in parallel, regulations are still being drafted. So it's not like, you know, we ha already have regulations, everything in place, and we just have to build according to that. We are, the regulatory uh, uh, timescale is, is in motion and we are trying to adjust and make sure that we meet all of this so that as we scale up towards operations, everything moves smoothly. Uh, and, and of course, you know, as what both Lionel and, and Hon says, you know, it should be hand in hand with the timescale that, you know, all these platforms are ready. And this is not just for the eVTOL, even for the heavier lift drone capabilities. As they go through their, their type certification and the processes for the aircraft itself, we need to make sure that we have the facility uh, in, in, in the, the cargo business, even the, the drone pilots that have the capacity to handle these, these uh, vehicles at scale. So that's what's important for us. 
And then going in into societal acceptance, right? So that's part of the reason why we're taking an incremental approach to this, where we're starting in the infrastructure, we're starting with the test sites, the vertiports, and with the drones, we're starting with the smaller drones. Uh, both uh, societal acceptance for both our customers, for people who want to receive these drones, as well as, you know, uh, people living around the areas where, or, 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 you know, just being around the areas where these operate from. Uh, there was always, you know, in the drone space, there was always this, this, this thought that uh, drones would mean, no, you know, privacy would be an issue uh, and, and all these things. But what you don't realize is the larger the drones are, you don't necessarily have a camera that's pointing everywhere, depending on your type of mission. Uh, for cargo deliveries, you don't need to have cam high resolution cameras just staring at you. It's essentially just to facilitate the sensors to need it to facilitate your takeoff, land and uh, transport in the air. So yeah, that's where we're moving. We are taking that incremental approach um, and we're moving towards both of them slowly so that all three parts, both technology, uh, societal acceptance, and making sure we all do this all safely. Okay, thanks. Uh, we're getting to the last uh, few minutes here. And so uh, one of the questions that uh, the Move Asia people had was, I guess you're all uh, moving around within the industry, uh, talking to colleagues, and obviously have your fingers on the pulse of the urban mobility market. And are you perceiving any change in, if you will, uh, consumers in their view of urban air mobility and touching back on those social acceptabilities and everything? Are you, are you seeing any change, any shift in that, or is it still the same? And that's still, that's a, a long road ahead. You want the biased answer or you want the <laughs> Sorry? You want the biased answer or you want the objective? Uh, I, 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 I want the objective one, I guess. I mean, uh, I'll always, I'll always go for that. Um, uh, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Uh, are people out there promising too much? So that in the end is harming the industry and people are getting different ideas. I mean, are people, uh, their perception of the industry and its safety and its ability to transport people and goods, are we, are we progressing or are, are we slipping back? Uh, what's your what's your opinion of that? So. If I may just uh, jump in and take an honest an honest answer is fine. By the way, yeah, the, you know, right. <laughs> my French side <laughs> comes forward uh, like the uh, So the to me, I see a lot of excitement personally from the from, from the consumers on, on that, but there is also a lot of questions uh, regarding safety, regarding uh, capabilities, and what can be done with that. So. Uh, there, it's it's a new technology coming in, um, but still flying machines we've seen for a century. So, it's um, we see we see excitement, we see um, uh, strong potential from the consumers. Uh, I mean, but then uh, I think we'll see more when the machines are ready to fly and ready to and certified, and then people are have the the opportunity to do it at the moment. Um, so, and then we'll, we'll see how it's going to go. But so, so far, what we're seeing is very encouraging um, because also there is a very, and I think that's kind of unique when you have this kind of uh, uh, synced uh, positive action and initiatives for, for that to happen. Um, and this obviously driven by the growing urbanization and the health concerns and the sustainability concerns. So when you have a, like a, um, 
I would say a concerted uh, action from the regulators, which is not of them, but from the regulators, from all the different agencies, uh, from the manufacturers, investors, you can't stop it anymore. This is gonna happen. And, and people are seeing that happening. So yes, you have the hype, the super hype that we saw last year, but in reality, this super hype enables this wave to be like an unstoppable one. And that's great. Sanjay? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump in and I'm just going to talk about the, the deliveries aspect, right? Because um, I've, look, I've, I've been in the drone space for over 13 years now, and I spent 12 of them in the military uh, operating all the larger drones that the military in Singapore have. Uh, so I've done that, and now I come out commercially and I see the technology that is there, that is available. Now at Skyforce, we're not building the drones. We are working with uh, vehicle manufacturers who are already doing this and they're working through it. The technology is massive, right? So I've seen both of it. I've seen the military, I've seen the commercial. This will come and it's already there. We're already doing this. Um, we've built that experience already within Skyports, for instance. We've built that experience, you know, the knowledge base from military operations to, you know, the smaller scale drone operations, how that fits as well as our infrastructure team that has looked at, you know, how vertiports need to be built and they're continuing to learn this as regulations change. We're putting all of that together and we're, we're delivering these for the customers. Um, so to be honest, I think, you know, it is here right now. It is not something in the future. We're already starting urban air mobility incrementally uh, and we're bringing all parts together, the regulators, the authorities, as well as uh, the customers, the client base. Okay. I, guess on, I was going to say, based on Lionel's comments that we need to see these machines fly, it seems to all land on your shoulders, huh? Okay. <laughs> Come on, get it, get it certified. Let's go. <laughs> Again, as, as I said, that remains our number uh, one focus. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think uh, the, the reality, I would say, is, yeah, there's a lot of hype, right? And, and that there is a lot of uh, uh, education that still needs to be done. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as Lionel and, and Sanjay mentioned, right, um, the, the hype allows for, you know, the, the, to, to capture the imagination right, of members of the community. And that includes a very big, important group, which is investors. Right? So because investors are willing to invest right, in, in, in this uh, field, in this industry, Right. We're now seeing, uh, you know, the, the change, uh, the shift, the acceleration um, uh, in uh, in the industry as a whole. Um, the reality, you know, and, and and so right now everything is still a novelty, right? But what I would I would argue is, you know, over time it, it needs to stop being a novelty. It needs to start, you know, really delivering, right? It needs to start being just ho hum, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, you see, you see an aircraft, you see an eVTOL take off and land here, right? That's when you know the impact is there, right? Right now, as long as it's a novelty, as long as it takes uh, half a year to plan for a flight trial, as long as it's it's headline news every time something like that happens, right? Like, yeah, the impact is going to be limited. But um, I think the vision that we all hope for is one where. Yeah, you, you, you can choose to get on an air taxi or you could choose to get on a taxi depending on your willingness to pay and depending on how, how quickly you need to get to uh, point B, right? If you're standing at point A. I think that's a perfect spot to end the panel. Uh, as you say, we're, we're as I said at the beginning, uh, 
if you will, my three panelists are not uh, novelties, okay? You've got anywhere from 10 to five plus years of experience. So I thank you all for your comments, for the time you spent today. Uh, for me, it was always enlightening. And as I said, thanks for your participation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. That was an insightful question. I should be asking more hard questions next time around. So thank you so much, everyone, to our audience as well. Uh, thank you so much. And if your question remain unanswered, do reach out to our speakers on the event platform. I think that would be happy to hear from you. So do stay tuned for next session and uh, join us for the rest of uh, Move Asia. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye.